are listening to Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast, a part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, Into the Valley. I am Ethan Shutt, joined, as always, by Philip Russell and Ryan Shutt, and we are coming at you with another fun Summer Suns episode. We told you we weren't going anywhere, and we will continue to prove it until we don't. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this Tuesday evening? Uh, A little relieved, to be honest. And we'll get into the Summer Suns news here in a minute, but I was expecting to be kind of in my feelings today, and I'm doing all right, all things considered. That was wild. It seemed like the implication of that was Ryan's happy the Suns didn't get KD. I it's not no we'll get there we'll get there okay 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 not that I'm Uh, sorry I I jumped that I took that the same way so I was very I was confused I could see one potential understanding I'll explain I'll explain when we get there reading of the tea leaves but Philip how are you doing I'm great I'm great I we took a little day trip today down to my wife's hometown which was lovely Miami (laughs) yeah Miami we we hopped on the PJ and flew down to Miami (laughs) real quick. My wife's grandfather got to meet our daughter for the first time. So it's always special when there are four generations in the in the same place. So that was a that was a good little gift. And then because I knew we were recording this podcast and I, I grabbed a Celsius energy drink. So I am Yo, amped. Those things are great. The Apple one is S tier. I and, uh, incorrect. I cracked open an ice cold Diet Mountain Dew, which it's is all about, basically my bloodstream. It's all about sp- Sparkling orange Celsius. That's where the that. money's at. I haven't had that one. Well, for those that are listening, watching, and or Hashtag both, not an ad. Welcome into the Valley. We are glad you are here. Uh, I can say as a consumer of podcasts, the offseason can be a little tricky. I have many Minnesota Vikings podcasts that I don't miss a beat during the season and during the exciting parts of the offseason. And sometimes... You know, things slow down a little bit. The season winds to a halt at times. And for the NBA, we are in a weird situation where it is the offseason, but it's kind of a really exciting part of the offseason, going straight from the finals to the draft. And now we are but two and a half days away from free agency starting, and we're already seeing some of that start now with players opting in. Uh, teams signing basically the uh, certain tendered contracts in order to get certain free agent status. We are on the precipice of what could be very exciting. That's right. That's a, that's a big boy word for you, Ryan. Have you been reading? I have been actually. Uh, But what we are going to do here today is something I'm excited for as we have plenty of ideas of how to keep the summer moving. But before we get into the meat of the episode, we start how we start potatoes every single summer off-season episode, and that is Summer Suns News. Summer Suns News, where we talk about all things Suns. Sometimes it's very exciting, such as what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes it's not so exciting, like Tori Craig's son having a Phoenix Suns-themed birthday party and wearing a Chris Paul jersey during the party. (laughs) Mm, Does that mean anything? I don't know. Maybe that is a real thing, by the way. Did not make that up. Can we get can we get a Summer Suns news like 
alert or something to start off this segment. I feel like for the future segments, because it's going to be a long summer. Are you telling me you news. want me to pay someone to read things like I already did for the opener? I mean, we can find it on Fiverr for cheap, I'm sure. Like, that's what that's what I did for the intro. He just happens to have a smooth, silky, I just want, like, buttery a Summer voice. Sun's News! And like some like real, you know, flashy graphic or something. You, hey, cool. go ahead and cash at me that money and I'll find you someone real quick. <laughs> Alright, sounds good. <laughs> Alright, Philip. Let's go ahead and start with Summer Sun's news here. Uh, And let's go ahead and start by something I know a lot of our listeners are probably like, guys, I cannot wait for you to talk about this. And that is the NBA draft. Philip, do you mind filling us in on what the Suns did during the NBA draft? Yeah, I got you. So the Suns during the NBA draft. All right, we can move on. I'm sorry, your microphone must have cut out. Did you say nothing? No, my mic is, is my mic is impeccable. Nothing cut out. There is, in fact, nothing to talk about. Which, not to take, not to take a menial victory lap, but someone on the podcast last week said nothing was going to happen with the draft, and nothing did because, to be frank, it didn't make a lot of sense for the Suns to get aggressive getting into this draft because the Suns are a win now team. And the most likely place for the Suns to make win now moves will be trades that they can make, not trades that get them into drafts, trades that get them into known commodities, good veteran or at least proven playoff players. That's what the Suns need. So last week was pretty boring as far as the draft is concerned, but that's okay. That's probably how it should be for the Suns. Yeah. I think you saw some some people being like, "Oh, this is they're going to do some move to get into the lottery." Because I know we had at least one or two writers say that the Suns had some interest in some lottery projected players. You had the other fans out there who were like, "You know what? We really need to trade into the second round because that's where the money's at. That's where we're going to really hit it big." Nothing happened. To your point, I think that made the most sense, and with that. Honestly, I'm excited for two reasons. Reason number one, I think it was the right basketball move, and I'm cool with that. Reason number two, I don't have to pretend to know anything about <laughs> some kid who just got done playing college ball who is now on the Suns. And I have, unless he played at Kentucky, I would have had nothing to share with you outside of maybe like the top four picks. After that, I'm just not watching enough college hoops to even pretend like I know what I'm talking about. So I would have just read Kevin O'Connor line for line and prefaced with the ringers Kevin O'Connor says and then just read to you guys like a storybook. So I'm I'm pretty pumped. Ryan, did you think the Suns would do anything? No, I, I to be honest, I tuned in for the top five draft picks and then turned it off because that's how little I was invested in this draft, knowing nothing was going to happen unless it was some sort of. uh trade night of kind of trade I, I didn't anticipate anything happening i was cool with just letting the top five be the top five and saying all right well let's head to the off season before we move past the draft i do want to give a shout out to mike and sam and the folks uh on the timeline podcast <laughs> they did a basically a group watch party where them and many listeners joined i believe it was a four-hour stream where they just hung out and I think maybe waited to see if the Suns did anything and eventually nothing happened. So shout out to them. Also shout out to the, all the wonderful Suns fans who said, 
you know how I'm going to spend draft night hanging, hanging with the boys, hanging with some Suns fans. I love that about the Suns community. Props to you all for doing that. I'm sorry that the team disappointed you once again. Well, talking about disappointments, free agency. (laughs) Free agency's coming up soon, guys. And let's go ahead and just recap the mess that was yesterday. We were going to record yesterday. And then Evan Sidery, fresh off of taking crap from Suns fans for no good reason, the boy's doing his job. He breaks a pretty interesting piece of news and that was that there was a shift in the Vegas odds of a certain tall Bahamian center going to the net. And here's a quick recap here. To start the day yesterday, DeAndre Ayton joining the net started at a plus 6,000. Now, I'm not going to pretend to give you like the, that means if you would have, that's a lot of math. It's, that's, a, that's a far off chance. It started at plus 6,000 moved to plus 4,000, moved to plus 2,200, then jumped all the way to plus 700, plus 500, plus 350, and then finally plus 275, making them the second most likely team for DeAndre Ayton to be on to start the season behind only the Suns. That was wild. And there was a lot of smoke. And we kind of all just sat waiting to see the fire unfortunately there was no fire it was just smoke that said vegas usually knows what they're talking about they knew who the number one overall draft pick would be even as Woj was tweeting out conflicting news it's important to be like look it's not just it's not just gambling people making things up they know things uh, the fact that the odds went for Ben Caro to be number one while Woj was openly saying that wasn't going to happen. They've got some inside information. So this is still something, right? Do we do we look at this following Kyrie opting in, which happened hey, today, this morning? He's that different. Talk that about yesterday. a game changer. Uh, if one of you can get that quote ready to go, please, I'd appreciate oh. it. Um, I have it. Okay. Oh, have it. Go so, for it. We have we have Kyrie opting in and the Vegas odds making that change. Now, I am not sure what it means. The Suns right now are a plus 130, Nets plus 275, Spurs plus 500, Pistons plus 550. I do think it's interesting that the Suns are still a plus something, where if they were like a heavy favorite, they would be a minus 100 or so basically a you you bet 100 bucks you win 90 type of thing it's not quite that so it is still seeming like vegas thinks the chance of a move is possible that's kind of all i'm taking right now the variation in the in the who or the whom if you would like to be proper is still out there but before we talk in too much about that philip kyrie irving opted into his contract and then how did he go about doing that, if you don't mind? So the noise was he was considering opting out and then signing with the Lakers. The Lakers have had, I guess past tense, the ability to offer him about a $6 million, I think it was an MLE, a mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. They couldn't offer him very much money for the kind of talent that he is. So Kyrie opted into 
between 35 and 36 million dollars instead of taking 30 million dollars less and here's how he puts the exclamation point on it normal people keep the world going what but, a tool. but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow i've made my decision to opt in see you in the fall Kyrie, Normal people lose money. Kyrie, Different people get The paid. trailblazer has made the decision to take $30 million more than he would have with the Lakers. Because as the kids say, he's built, he's different. built different. Yeah, boy. What a revolutionary. Uh, hey, gentlemen, do you mind if I drop a Woj bomb on you real quick? We have breaking news here at the podcast. Adrian Wojnarowski. The Knicks are trading center Nerlens Noel and guard Alec Burks to the Pistons. Sources tell ESPN the Knicks will unload 19 million more in salary, <laughs> clearing the way for cap space to try to sign free agent guard Jalen Brunson. Windhorse then comments, which I love. It's kind of like a little friendship thing like, hey, set me up and I'll slam it home. Knicks are sending Detroit back their 2023 second rounder, a top 15 protected Miami second rounder. Knicks will clear more than 30 million in cap space. That said, it seems like Jalen Brunson to the Knicks is basically a done deal. And he's going to make probably a hundred million or more. He's going to, I mean, he's going to make so much money, which is interesting. So let's take that and do a quick look at free agency as it pertains to the summer suns. So, the only two things in Suns news that I saw today, and maybe maybe I missed something, is that the Phoenix Suns officially tendered a $16.4 million qualifying offer to make DeAndre Ayton a restricted free agent on July 1st. Some people saw this and thought it was a big deal, thinking that a contract was signed and it was done. This is more of like almost mandatory first step into making him a restricted free agent. It really doesn't mean much other than he's a restricted free agent. That's how he will appear on July 1st. The only other thing I did see, and maybe I missed it, I think Aaron Holiday would have had to sign one of those as well to be a restricted free agent. And I never saw that news happen, which I think means he would be unrestricted. I could be wrong on that one, but I I've misread the the capology stuff plenty of time. So I'm pretty sure he needed a qualifying offer to be restricted. I didn't see that happen. So he should be unrestricted. And then I think Ish Wainwright will be restricted. I was trying to read the cap stuff and not be a complete dummy. But that's that's really all I saw in terms of what the Suns actively did or didn't do. Is there anything else that I may have missed? Not not that I've seen. Uh, I think that wraps about most everything up. Those are the two big names that Ish and and Holiday, and then uh, I can't I can't pronounce his name, but uh, if Ify or Ify, our our international player, I think is also going to qualify for. You said that with a ton of confidence. Great work. <laughs> I, said, I said I didn't know how to pronounce it. On those, I, I just skipped. I just skipped the last name. No, Bloomberg. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own it. Uh, I think he's also going to be on that same uh, unrest or restricted or unrestricted based on 
an offer being off, uh, extended, but I don't think one was. So I think both of them will go on to uh, unrestricted moving forward. And I think for our, for our listeners, it might be good to prime them for what to expect with DA this this week because free agency starts Friday, technically, July 1st. So here are the options for DA. DA can go out and he can sign most likely with the Pistons, and he can get a four-year max, air quotes, max deal from the Pistons. The issue with that for DA is that the Suns, because he's a restricted free agent, can automatically match that offer and can bring him back either to play out that contract and have a great young core moving forward or as a trade piece, but he wouldn't be able to be traded until next season's trade deadline. The other option is for the Suns to offer him a deal and bring him back and hopefully make him happy, or they play a waiting game or they've been doing some maneuvering behind the scenes and get a sign-in trade for DA where pretty much right at the start of free agency, the Suns sign DA, ship him off somewhere else and bring back hopefully a good, good asset or assets for DA. That's what has to happen. There's a leverage game. DA doesn't have a ton of leverage right now if he wants to select exactly where he's going to end up, unless he just really wants to end up in Detroit. But if he winds up in Detroit, I think the Sun should match whatever offer is made, bring him back, and then move forward with him on the roster. One thing that I'm I am openly unsure of, I know that there are some Oh man, this is where I wish I had smarter people who do cap things. There is some part of this where if you make some sort of offer to DA or if someone else makes an offer, I guess, uh and you match it, aren't isn't that other team basically stuck from participating in free agency until that is either met or not met? So like if the Pistons have- made a full max offer yes. to DA, yes, they cannot offer anyone else any other money if they are out of cap space basically until the Suns have handled their end of the business, which makes it less likely for a team to make that offer unless they feel very confident that they're going to get the Suns to back off, Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then okay. again, the Suns have a period of time in which they have all the agency. They can make the decision to sign him and bring him back or say, salute, thanks for the finals run, be gone, DA, and they open up that cap space. Yeah. And... I have been listening to a lot of just general NBA podcasts uh, this week from Zach Lowe to Wendy Woj, the folks at the ringer. The, the concept I guess, or just, I guess the common points that I keep hearing from people with sources in the league are saying it really does seem like the Suns might not want him back, which is surprising to a lot of these analysts Lots of them have mentioned conversations they've had with James Jones or other people within the organization saying, hey, we thought this might just be an overreaction, but even without the playoff tiff, kerfuffle, what have you, there seemed to be a pretty common voice within the Suns, not just Sarver's cheap, but even from the basketball brass saying, we don't think he's worth that money. We're okay if he leaves. That is takeaway number one that I got. Takeaway two is that there are some teams that do view him as a max offer team, 
the Hawks, which this is a weird one. The Hawks got info leaked, whatever, that said they're interested in Aiton, but they also don't view him as a max offer team, which that makes no sense. They know Aiton wants all the money. Weird for that to go public. And then the last one was that there are general vibes within the Suns locker room that they would be okay with Aiden leaving as well. Those are three points that I have taken from lots of different voices with sources within the league and within the team. And I think that's interesting, right? Like that, that makes it feel like all of this speculation on our end isn't just pulling something out of the sky, right? It, it seems like there is some legitimacy to a potential parting of ways, not just son's Twitter being loud about, you know, a breakup coming. Is that, I don't know if you guys have been listening or reading. Have y'all seen anything that maybe sounds different than that? Backs that up? Anything like that? No, there's definitely a rift in the, between the Suns and DA. So I think for all the parties involved, because I'm not, I'm never going to get on here unless it's Kyrie or James Harden and hope that players go somewhere where they're not super thrilled to go to. I, I have rooting interest against both Kyrie and James Harden. I have no rooting interest against DA. We talked at length last week. I think he is a great young player. He is a great center. He is a top 10 at least center in the league. And you could probably make a really good argument for top five center in the league thinking traditional center. Because of that, because you want DA to end up in at least an okay spot and you want the Suns to get a good return for that asset, I'm if he's going to part ways with the Suns, I'm rooting for it to be a sign and trade. Ryan, any thoughts on the big fella? Um, nothing that doesn't reiterate the things that you all are hearing. I think if there wasn't more to it, or if there, if there, if it was less of a story than we all think it is, the Suns or Monty or somebody would have spoken on it by now. The fact that none of this has still been mentioned by the team at large since the playoffs and him basically getting pulled in the first half or to end the first half and nobody has said anything. Nobody has spoken on DA really this summer. Um, at, to, to me, there's just, there, there's an evident divide, but as for what I've been listening or hearing, it's all about the same as, as what you've already mentioned. Is there anything else that you have seen heard when it comes to free agency, I guess, before we kind of move past that? Not really. Mine to to go back to what y'all were harping on in our intro. I'm my my whole thing with Kevin Durant coming to the Suns was I know what Katie is worth, and it was going to be people I really cared about on this Suns team. And so that was the point I was making to start the show. Was I, I'm thankful that we're Katie not coming means that we will likely get to keep both the twins, uh, and just being fond of them. I'm glad that that's the case because again, we we all know what what Katie's worth, and we'll probably talk about that. Um, ad nauseum in in our conversation of our top 10 but um, we would have had to give up I think a lot to to get KD and it would have been worth it probably to see the success but I would have missed quite a few players that I've become quite attached to I feel that all right Philip Ryan's already uh, teased us in so for our audio listeners we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into it Hello, everybody, for our video listeners. We didn't go anywhere. For our audio listeners, I hope you enjoyed whatever that was. Philip, as we move on to the meat of the episode, the teaser, the title, give the, give the folks a little idea of, of what we're going to talk about and also 
why we're talking about it because I think that's probably just as interesting. Yeah, so we've developed our definitive Into the Valley top 10 players in the NBA list. And the reason that we're doing that is, one, it's fun. Two, it's the offseason. But three, when you go into pre or the offseason and you go into free agency especially, there's a lot of talk about what teams need to win a championship. And one of one of the things that we've seen for the last, I don't know, count however many you want to go back, you need a top-tier player. That doesn't mean you need the best player in the league. It doesn't mean you need the top one or two players of all time. It means there is an echelon, an upper echelon, if you will, of player that you have to have in order to win the NBA championship. And the exercise that we wanted to do was to see in our minds collectively, how close is Devin Booker to being in that top tier of player? Or how many tiers down do we have to go in our thinking about the NBA to get to Devin Booker? Because again, if you don't have a top tier player, you're not going to win the championship. So we think a lot of the Suns NBA Finals hopes ride on Devin Booker being top 10, top 7, top 5 NBA player. So here's what we're going to do. We have tallied our collective top 30s. We really narrowed it down to our top 15s. And we have an averaged out top 10 list that we are going to use to talk through some of these ideas. So I'm going to give you guys the top 10 that we have, and then we're just going to hash out some questions, some concerns. We're probably going to roast each other for some of the places that we ranked different players. But without further ado, here is Into the Valley's top 10 NBA players. Coming in at number one, and this was a unanimous number one across the board, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Second, Kevin Durant. Third, potentially a surprise for some, Steph Curry. Fourth, Joel Embiid. Five and six are a tie, Nikola Jokic and LeBron James. I gave the nod to Nikola Jokic because he got a second vote. He got voted as second best. So Giannis, KD, Steph, Joel, Jokic, LeBron, Luka, Kawhi, Jason Tatum, and then we collectively averaged out to have Devin Booker as the 10th best player in the NBA. Rounding out our top 13, we have Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and John Morant. But let's get into it. And let's start where we assume most of our listeners would like for us to start. We Jimmy have, Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Are you all seeing that all right on your end? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's coming through. Cool. We have Devin Booker bunched up. I'm going to do this by ranking, not necessarily by average score. We have him bunched up with Kawhi, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. He's actually right in the middle of that group of five. So, boys, you got to defend your ranking. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. You had one Devin Booker. Ahead of all of them. You have him ranked ahead of Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Paul George. Paul George did not even crack 
your top 15. He was number 16 on your list. I'm Explain yourself. I didn't hear this. I made my feelings about Paul George known last week. I think <laughs> Paul George is one of the most uh, inconsistent top tier basketball players in the NBA right now. So I have a very low value of, of Paul George's status in general. Ethan, what is it? Well, I just had a quick question. I will openly admit I was distracted making sure the video worked to have this list up. Did you preface it with our two qualifiers, Philip, in how we ranked these? Uh, that we're assuming. Oh, no, I didn't. no, he didn't. Okay. So we're assuming the, yeah, go ahead. the two qualities that I put, at least with my own ranking, that I want to make sure that everyone's okay with is number one assumption is that we are judging them current talent, current abilities, current who they are as a player. I think the best example would be when we put LeBron on this list, we are putting it Lakers LeBron of 2022, not LeBron James in the goatness. That was number one. And then number two, and the reason I brought this up with Paul George, is we are assuming everyone is at full health. That plays a big role in ranking of a few of these. So just wanted to make sure we had that clear for the listeners as well. Yeah, no, I, I and it goes back to what I said last week. And I think, Philip, you compared me to Ryan Rosillo, perhaps, but I, I just find Paul George to be inconsistent. So for me to try and put him up there with guys who, in my opinion, are significantly more consistent night in, night out in their greatness, uh, to me, he's he's edge of top 15 he can be a top five on a given night but on on the season as a whole if we're looking I just I just don't value him that high and I get that there are people who will greatly disagree with that but I will own that until he proves me otherwise Philip we we both put him at 10 I like I like when we have the same thing hit me with hit me with the claw why do you think Devin Booker is better than Kawhi Leonard I saw that one too um Value added to the team is okay. a big one, and it's for the same reason I have Jokic where I do over Kevin Durant. I put it, I view value added to the team in addition to what they bring to the table skill wise. And I think Paul George and other like I feel like again, it looks like they might get John Wall, the Clippers might. I feel like the Clippers have this constant rotation of all star level talent kind of funneling in and out every season. Devin Booker is a staple piece to the Phoenix Suns, and without him, their identity is gone. So I, I view what he brings to the table as being more inherently valuable, thus placing him higher in that ranking. But to go. be fair, and I texted you guys this uh, off the show, I, I took the quiz that that this that we used to kind of come up with these scorings five times, and every time Booker was somewhere in the eight, nine, ten. So I, I view this more as a tiered list. I, I think these these numbers are all kind of meaningless. I think there are there are tiers that we can put players in, where within those tiers they're kind of interchangeable. Um, and to be honest, Kawhi, Tatum, Booker, Butler—that's the four that, as you can see, kind of by yeah. my rankings, I, I really struggled with kind of placing them in their proper order. So depending on opinion. So then we have Ethan, who had the exact opposite of right. this. So, he didn't have Booker ahead of any of them, so uh, explain yourself. Yeah, I wanted to a couple observations, and, and if you are listening, we'll do our best to, to kind of keep referencing this chart so you can understand. But Philip, your list, if you're looking where you ranked these players, is almost the like in line with the average, interestingly enough. So your first seven players are in the top seven. 
The only thing you've got is five and six switching. I feel like Ryan and I, when we zigged from the average, we did it in an opposite way, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk through mine here. So I'll go ahead and just reference my, my list here because I think it will, will help seeing a little bit here. So like you said, everyone had Giannis at one. I had Steph at two. And if you were watching the playoffs and getting a taste of current Steph, I think that's clear. Ryan had him at six. I think that's blasphemous. Kevin Durant at three. I think Kevin Durant is fantastic. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Based on averages, we have Joel Embiid at four, Jokic at five. I have Joel Embiid at seven and Jokic at eight. Now, again, I'm kind of learning about myself as I score this, and this is where it'll tie into Booker. Don't worry about my grandstanding here. I then have LeBron four, Luka five, Kawhi six. And I'm starting to see in myself that I value certain positions more than others in how I'm assessing this, where I have a LeBron, Luka, and Kawhi above the two greatest true centers in the league, I would say, with Embiid and Jokic. Now, if you've ever followed me on Twitter, I think you're going to know how I feel about the value of the center in today's game. So then we get down to what Ryan said, that next tier. When it gets to that quote next tier here, this is this is where I kind of differed, I guess. So in that tier, I had Paul George 10, Tatum 11, Butler 12, Book at 13, Morant at 14. So I feel very confident about Book over John Morant. I feel good about that one. So then the next closest is Jimmy Butler versus Devin Booker. Do you think that Devin Booker is better than Jimmy Butler? Just a yes or no. Yes. Yes. Really? That is really surprising to me. So let me because let me tell I, you how because I, I think Butler, Butler I think Butler does more on both ends of the court. Offensively, he's not as skilled or talented on the offensive end, but defensively, I think he provides more. And if you're using clutchness or whatever you somehow quantify that as uh, big cojones in big moments, which I think matters when ranking players, I think Butler's got it. That thing that we keep wanting to see Booker have that Tatum showed flashes of, I think Butler's got it. So I, I split my rankings right here. Well, I split my rankings and then I averaged them out into the list that we posted. Devin Booker ranked significantly higher as a regular season player than Jimmy Butler did. And I had Jimmy Butler just a touch above Devin Booker for a playoff player. And then when I averaged those out, I was like, Booker is just a touch. I know it's 11 through 14, but he's just a touch ahead of Jimmy Butler. So it's not a significant difference. I think to Ryan's point, there is a consistency that Devin Booker has, especially on the offensive end that Jimmy Butler doesn't have. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to the playoffs, Jimmy Butler is one of those players who kicks it up several notches when it gets to the playoffs. And that's where he seems to transform into a different kind of player. But he also plays an incredibly taxing style of basketball that has him running on empty by the end of series. And I think Devin Booker's style is, I know this season might not make it seem like that, Devin Booker's style is more sustainable throughout a long playoff run. So we have 
again, I had book 13 and I'm going to be real with you here. This, this list now is different than when we did this at the end of the regular season, Mm -hmm. kind of as our first little fun time this time with this recent playoffs, which I think plays into current rankings coming off the season. So Booker 13, Butler 12, Tatum at 11. So on your all's list, uh, Philip, you did have Tatum ahead of Booker. Ryan, you did not. So I'll start with Ryan here. Why do you put Booker above Tatum? Bias. It's, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I am, no, look, be, I appreciate I appreciate that answer because I knew there was no other answer but No, that. I'm going to be it's it's bias. I like I said I view these guys in in tiers more than I do individual positions and if I take this quiz again tomorrow, it'll be different rankings. Like it's it's there's no rhyme or reason to it. To, you know, I'm not going to act like there's some scientific reason why I think Booker is better than than Tatum other than I prefer cuz he's not. I that's fine. Whatever. I think he is. I think again, value added. I think there are. I think he brings more to the Suns holistically than Tatum brings to the. He Celtics. brings more vibes. That's what let's, I'm hearing. But let's let's linger here because this is also this debate between Jason Tatum and Devin Booker is what spurred us to do this right now. Right. Because when Jason Tatum was struggling towards the end of the Dub series, there was a lot of noise on Suns Twitter about. Don't ever tell me Jason Tatum is better than Devin Booker ever again. Like Devin Booker didn't just get worked by DFS and Reggie Bullock in a series and throw in some absolute duds, especially in game seven. So like there was some recency bias against Jason Tatum because we were forgetting the recency bias that we can have against Devin Booker as well. Ethan, make your pitch in a concise way. Why is Jason Tatum better than Devin Booker? And then I'll hop in after you. I think he is a more complete basketball player, and I think he has the ability to create for himself at all levels on the court offensively better than Booker can. I think Booker is incredibly skilled at getting where he wants to go. I think Tatum is better at thriving when the other team doesn't let him get where he wants to go, yet he still makes it work. And I think if you stretched Devin Booker a couple inches, you would have a very, very similar player. So one of one of my ways of thinking about these, they are improved playmakers, both of them, improved shooters, struggle driving to the basket, struggle finishing at the basket, especially through some contact. But Jason Tatum just bigger. So you're talking about a very similar skill set. Booker's probably a better off the catch shooter, but then Jason Tatum's huge. He is a big dude. And because of that, I would give him a bit of an edge. Okay, but this is this is where I don't necessarily I'm I I think it's fun to do these for the sake of argument, but to take charts like these, like a lot of media does, and try and add legitimacy to them is frivolous to me, because to act like Ethan and I have Booker at eight and thirteen, to act like there is a chasm of talent difference between Booker and Tatum, it it doesn't exist. But you put Giannis against Tatum and Booker, there is a but significant. Is, so it's it's hard to to right. scale but the, these. But this is so but this different. is what the episode's about, though. So we got to do it. But no, here's I, what I get that. I just I just think we're it's it's minutia that we're kind of. Well, yeah, we're not we're not comparing Booker to Nerlens Noel. Like these are the (laughs) best these are the best players in the league. We're trying to see where our guy ranks. And here's here's what I want you guys to do now. 
find the chasm. Sorry, sorry Nerland Noel, by the way. Yeah, that was, Nerland that was Noel out here catching strays so, for no reason. Can, <laughs> find, find a chasm and the rankings. Like, where do you see a drop-off in our list? So again, our top 10 list, Giannis, KD, Steph, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Luka, Kawhi, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. Is there a spot there where you say, okay, here's where the gap is. Where do you see it, Ethan? It's it's after number eight for me, and that's that's Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. And if and if you actually look at our rankings, Philip, the two of us had the same one through eight. Ryan had almost the same one through eight, but yep. interestingly enough, the one person that he didn't put in that top eight that we did is Kawhi. He had him at ten. I think I had Kawhi at six, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am again, yes, it's minutia. I'm I'm pretty surprised that Kawhi was eight and 10 on your all's list respectively. But I think that is the drop off from between Kawhi to that next tier where it's Tatum Booker Butler. I think that's our, our big gap. And I think, I think a fair question to ask about Kawhi is what does even fully healthy Kawhi look like now? Dude's got a lot of mileage. And that's why I rank him where I did is, is I think, there's question marks around him at this point. Like I haven't seen a, a full Kawhi in what three years at this point. Yeah, but I have, so I had the same thing and our averages bear this out as well. I have Kawhi kind of isolated. So if I had to do tiers, I have seven people in tier one, which is probably too big to say this is the top tier, but I got no question about these dudes. Giannis, KD, Steph, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, See, LeBron James, and Luka. I've got, got no my questions. I've got my gap after three. I think right now I've got Giannis, KD, and Steph. That's where and, mine is. And as then well. I think like I view this as fantasy football rankings, where it's like here's your value, here's yep. your tier. Mm-hmm. I think those three are the three best players in the league right now. Yeah. That is that is and how then, I would it. Then I would be okay with what you said, Philip, Embiid, Jokic, LeBron, Luca, and I know that's really gonna just light the fire under some people. Sorry about it. But even even if you look at our averages here, the the average between all three of our votes, Embiid averaged fifth, Jokic five point three, LeBron five point three, Luca five point seven. Yep. Steph's at three point seven, and Kawhi's at eight. So though it, it seems like there is a bit of a gap there, even in our own ranking system, and I think the eye test matches with that as well. Yeah. So here's here's my question about all of this. There are two tiers here. There are three tiers here. Can you win? Let's let's stick with your guys' tiers. So we have one through three as a tier, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, and then nine and ten. Nine and ten again are Jason Tatum and Devin Booker. Where does your primary option as a team, where does your primary option have to be in order to win an NBA title? I have an answer with a caveat. Go for it. I would say top ten. Mm, sorry, top seven, but not a center. Interesting. Explain. I, I've i been beating this drum for a very long time, and Kevon Looney, if nothing, put another notch on my little table scratches of, Ethan looks good again, thanks, homie. Look at the centers for NBA Finals champs over the last 10-ish years. I have a tweet from from the month of the Aiton Luka draft, where I said Zaza Pachulia and Timothy Mozgov are our final centers 
let's let's maybe learn something from this, right? I think the way the game is played, you cannot have your number one, your go-to be a straight-up center. Now, I know that people are going to say, well, Giannis is there. Giannis doesn't play like a center. He's just really big and strong, right? He is a juiced-up wing. I think you've got to have a guard or a wing who's a top seven player. And if you're looking at our top seven, that leaves you with Giannis, KD, Steph, LeBron, Luka. And if you're counting eight, it'd be Kawhi, but I'm not. So do I think that Giannis, KD, Steph, LeBron, or Luka can lead a team to the finals and win it? Absolutely. I don't think the wings and guards under that cutoff could do it. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my 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 in, initial thought is just it has to be a top tier wing player specifically. I think looking at all these guys who in recent years have made runs, I, I'm looking at guys Jimmy Butler who has had two great final seasons, really three, maybe even going back to the bubble. Tatum this year, especially LeBron getting his title again just a couple years ago with the Lakers, who plays kind of a fluctuating wing position, can really play all five positions. Luca, who I think is knocking at the top tier, if we're talking one through three, and in the next two years might be right up in there. I think if we're being being honest about Luca and what he is as a as a basketball player, I think the wing position is is the piece that you have to build around, which is what made Kevin Durant to the Suns so enticing. This week was that would have been such a leap of talent to pull that in at the wing position. Look at the top seven, Philip. How many of them would you classify as two way superstars? Two way superstars? Two two way superstars. One. Okay. And who would that be? Just Giannis. Okay. Just Giannis. So now let's say two way stars where you think they are a massive value add on both sides of the ball Two, Giannis and Katie. Yeah. That's, that's what I see from this is there is this magical ability. If you are able to be in that realm and, and you know who I think would be in that group three years ago, LeBron James, who we would have put up there three years ago. That is what makes in my book, those dudes so enticing in the idea of Katie to the Suns, and I'm going to go ahead and say, close your ears, Suns fans. Yeah, you trade Mikhail Bridges and whoever else you need to to get Kevin Durant. Come on. I Look, you know how much I love Mikhail Bridges, but when I'm reading that people aren't willing to give him up with Aiton and whoever, I don't care. Give me give me Kevin Durant. Right? Like, who, who on this top... Honestly, who on this list would you say I will give up anyone on the Suns for these guys? All three of the top three. Right. No just, just the top three, in my opinion. Giannis, KD, Steph, you sell the house, your future, your mortgage, your family to get those three. Yep. After that, I don't think you have that argument with any of them aside from, spicy take, maybe Luca. Yep. Because he's the one I would put money on to say, on this list, who's got the best chance of cracking that top three and making it a top four? It's Luka. I don't see Tatum becoming a top four in the league. I don't see Booker becoming a top four in the league. And John Morant's the next youngest. I don't see that either. So when people are talking about trying to bring in a Kevin Durant-type talent, I mean, anything goes for me. 
And I think that made it even clear with this tier list when I'm like, we are, we don't have someone who's there yet. We're making an argument of, well, maybe if we pair a number 10 overall and Chris Paul, who's top 20, like maybe that gets it done with young pieces around him. But every single championship for, I don't know how many years now, sure seems like it's represented by one of these dudes in that top group. Yep. And that's, that's part of why this discussion is fruitful. And I think it's fruitful for Suns fans to maybe temper some expectations. If, if you are a Devin Booker led team and you have goals and aspirations of winning the NBA finals, what you need to see is modern historical record of the NBA says that would be an outlier, if not unprecedented, for having a superstar player who's barely, barely, and it's an argument in the top 10 in the league. That it just hasn't happened in recent in recent years. The guys who have won have unquestionably been the top tier talent. Going back to 2019, when Kawhi led the Raptors there. In 2020, when LeBron led them. And then in 2021, when Giannis ascended and he was there. And then Steph this year. Those guys were out of this world good. So when we're looking at guys like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, and probably Jimmy Jimmy Butler, maybe not as much, but because he's older. I want to hop on that real quick. Look at look at the last three finals. Our yep. number nine, our number ten, and our number yep. eleven, Tatum, Booker, and Butler, all lost in the finals to dudes in that top group. Right. Yep. Like that that's just further proving your point. And that's that's maybe the frustration in rooting for teams who are led by those guys in maybe even seven down through thirteen, where you go, these guys are so Good. And they are. None of us are going to sit here and say Jason blasphemous things like Jason Tatum isn't that good at basketball or Jimmy Butler or Paul George or John Morant. These Uh, are these guys are incredible, incredible basketball players, especially when they're playing well. But what the NBA history shows us is they have to be not just a little better, they have to be markedly better compared to their peers in order for their teams to get over the hump. The only alternative to this, the only alternative would be to sandwich multiple more players in the top 20, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think we would all probably have Jalen Brown at or around our top 20. That didn't get them over the hump. Devin Booker with CP3, that didn't quite get them over the hump. So if it's not a transcendent superstar, it seems like it has to be, what are we going to call that? A little big three where you're looking at, it seems like you need to have at least three guys hovering around the top 20 and top 25. And then you go, how in the world do you afford something like that? Especially when you're getting into a situation with guys like DeAndre Ayton, who are having riffs and wanting out. It. It's tough, man. I mean, I think if you if you look at the rankings or even just think it through yourself, and I know Ryan hates Paul George, and that's fine. We can move <laughs> on from that. You're telling me that the Clippers, based off two of the three of our rankings, have two top 10 players. Yet, because neither of those two guys 
are in that top three-ish realm, people aren't just handing them out the favorites to win the finals because there's still a whole lot needed and expected from the role players that are assembled around said guys. And again, you look at the Celtics, two dudes, I think, in the top 20, a lot of reliance on what's around them. And we saw the Suns lose in the finals because, in my opinion, a lot of that was the same thing. You had two guys. I have. I went ahead and did top 20 or a little more. I had Paul at 19. I think he's comfortably a top 20. But the Suns had two top 20 guys. You have to have the perfect team around you to make that happen. And what we have learned is it's really hard to build the perfect team around guys that can't carry the load to an absurd extent. Mm -hmm. Giannis can carry the load to an absurd extent. The boy almost did it without Chris Middleton. It was what he was able to do in this year's playoffs, I think is incredibly insane and very underrated. The fact that the Bucks did what the Bucks did with Middleton gone, Suns fans should realize how good Middleton is. We watched it in the finals last year. That was insane. And, you know, I, I don't know. It, this made me feel, it made me feel more appreciative that the Suns reached the finals two seasons ago, something that I'm glad I'll get to say I witnessed in my lifetime. It makes me feel more understanding of why they didn't win the finals this year. And it makes me more nervous about the idea of if they get back. Because without getting, again, too into it, you look at these these players we've got here, a lot of, lot of Western Conference power and a lot of young dudes in the Western Conference that will continue to grow. And when you realize that one of the top 20 guys for the Suns happens to be 37 years old, you have to have some sort of succession plan that based off what we saw from the Suns guards to end the season, we are nowhere close to having. And that's what makes me nervous as I've somehow turned this into a very, very negative way to view this. But that's, that's where I'm at. And as the, as the more, again, I root for the Suns, but also unless the Bulls they're, unless the they're playing the Bulls. The, no, just the Bulls. I know. Just the Bulls. It should also impress upon our listeners when you're hearing this conversation how difficult it is to win the NBA Finals. Because in pretty much every era of basketball in every year, you are going to have to go through a transcendent talent. You're going to have to get through it. And the Suns, the Suns learned this year Someone who we have just three spots ahead of Devin Booker proved insurmountable for the Suns as currently constructed. It is exceedingly difficult to win the NBA title. And just to put a bow on it, it is exceedingly difficult to win the NBA title unless you have a truly top tier NBA star, which we, I think all three of us are comfortable saying we love Devin Booker. He is a phenomenal basketball player. He is not top tier in the NBA. I've got one observation and then a question that I think we can use to kind of wrap this up here. Uh, my first observation, in looking at the guys ranked above Booker, how many, uh, well, maybe I have two questions. Look at, look at me go. 
How many of them do you think are going to be out of the league or no longer elite during his prime? Because I think LeBron is eventually going to fall off within Booker's prime. Let's call it through his age, I don't know, 30, 31, maybe five, six years. I think Tatum's not going anywhere. Luka's not going anywhere. Jokic shouldn't go anywhere. Embiid shouldn't go anywhere. Steph's a question mark. KD's a question mark. Giannis isn't going anywhere. It's not like Booker is the weirdly young guy within a group of old heads who have been established. Uh, I think the closest thing to that would be like where Jaw is. I think Jaw is probably the highest ranked of the the young crop. So I thought that was interesting. Again, just some more pessimism. But here's my question my, my, as we get close to an hour. Sorry, everyone. We love you very much. What do you think is more likely? in terms of what the Suns would have to do to win a championship. Do you think it's more likely that the Suns happen to get a player, we'll just say, for example, Aiton, Bridges, Cam Johnson, one of them maybe, jump into the top 25 or trade those type of players, young, promising players with a high upside to get another player within this top group? What do you think is more likely and which one do you think would give us a better chance of a championship? So again, one of the Suns current three through five reaching this status or using those high value assets who have contract control, they're young, hopefully have more growth, using them to get someone that puts the Suns up another tier. What do you think is more likely? And do you think it wins a chip? I think they've, oh, go ahead. Nope, you go. You got to get rid of them. I don't see any of those guys making the jump up into that top 20, especially top 15 uh, zone. Um, I think Mikhail has a a potential to be the best defensive player in the NBA. I don't think his offensive game will get him up there. Uh, DA is a big question mark. He doesn't seem to have the grit and the motor that a lot of these other big men who are on this list have. Um, I just, I don't see it happening. I think, I think they would have to use those pieces to bring in other people around Devin Booker to get there. Philip, what are you thinking? There is no shot that Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, or who are we going to say? Cam Johnson rises. Right. I mean, to this who, list. I mean, who else has and, a chance of really jumping? And again, I don't think we need to defend our takes on any of those three guys. We love all three of those guys in Earth. Yep. I am sincerely impressed by their growth the last couple of seasons. These are the top 15 guys in the world that we're talking about. And because of mechanics, their current age, their current skill set, I don't see any of those guys reaching this reaching this level, which isn't an indictment on any of those three. This conversation isn't an indictment on Devin Booker. It's helped clarify some expectations for me moving forward. And it's made me respect the sustained greatness by several guys on this list. My, my thinking with that question is, and I guess you could argue on a few of these teams, maybe I don't think a team has won the finals with a roster similar to what the Suns, I think, will be putting out in the next year or so. And assuming, again, Chris Paul can't do it forever. 
I don't think a team has won like that since 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks. They had one superstar and a team that was perfectly crafted around them that happened to all click and hit at the right time. And what I think even furthers my point on this is that same attempt failed for the Mavericks many, many times before they finally got it right. The Mavs tried to build the perfect Dirk cast, and it did not work many times before finally hitting. And that was it. Right now, if the Suns are going to be book plus, you're going to have to get really lucky and have all the surrounding pieces hit and all deliver in the playoffs and perfectly fulfill their roles. So I say that to say, I think something's got to change. When you're looking at how the other teams are built, currently constructed, and finding success, I think it is silly to think that the Suns can just do it with what's constructed. After a conversation like this, how how you feeling, guys? What you got, Philip? Perspective. The Suns were trash for a decade, yes? For sure. Oh, no, no. So so I just want to I want to kind of situate this and say what we're what we're not saying is that the Suns are in a quick decline to being trash again. No. What we're saying is that the Suns are positioned to be good the, to really good. The Toronto Raptors in the East. There you go. Moving for forward. Many, many years. If you say you would rather tank than be that. Right. I, and, I mean, again, and look what the Raptors did. The Raptors eventually did something crazy to get that one guy, and it worked. They took they took an opportunity that presented itself, and they yep. had a good culture, a good system, and a they lot of good, a lot they of good young year. talent. Yes, much like the Suns have right now, yeah. and they added that one thing that they needed to take them over the hump. And give give the Suns kind of a range. There is there is not necessarily anything wrong with perpetually being in the three to six seed range. If this core stays together and moves forward, the problem that Suns fans are going to run into is last year took the expectations from, Hey, maybe we can right. write this ship and become a really good team to We can be the best or one of the best teams in the league. And again, at the risk of sounding redundant, what we're saying with this list is if the Suns are to be the best team when push comes to shove, it is nearly unprecedented. Well, and I think we, we have to feel good knowing Devin Booker, by most people's standards, including by our own scoring, is in a, a top 10 position. And we're literally a Kyrie Irving opt-out away from essentially having Kevin Durant on the Suns. You know what I mean? Like, we're in position, theoretically, <laughs> there, there were very few people, I think, who didn't think that that was going to be a potential move and that Kevin Durant wanted to be there. I, they're, they're, where there's smoke, there's fire, and there sure was a lot of smoke. And there seemed to be that if Kyrie opts out and ends up somewhere else, that there was a very high likelihood Kevin Durant ends up in Phoenix. And if you have a team that somebody like Kevin Durant is wanting to come to, you got to feel good about where you're at. You just got to find someone who is looking to leave and wants to come to the Suns. We'll see. Right? I, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting spot. Philip, uh, Again, let's let's slowly wrap this one up. Thank you for 
for taking the time to put this together on the uh, brainstorming end here, getting the rankings together, putting this together. I have had a genuinely enjoyable hour talking with you guys. I thought this was a lot of fun. It was also a nice change of pace, and I think we're going to need plenty of those to keep it going. That said, next week, by the time we record again, I think we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about. Philip, in terms of, I mean, I don't know if the Suns are going to do much. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I mean, the DA saga will be just on fire, I would assume. But I think I think it is beneficial for Suns fans, who I would assume are 99.8% of our listeners, to still be aware of what's going on around the league with the free agent signing. So I think it would be beneficial to cover the league as a whole. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. I I can't wait. Next, next episode is going to be very fun. Oh, boy. We'll try to not let it go quite this long. Gentlemen. We've said that for like five weeks in a row. Right? Hey, all been we, over an hour. I keep setting expectations for the, the listeners. Message, hey, this is going to be our short one, right? Listen, as the editor of every podcast, I throw out some optimism to be <laughs> like, maybe my night won't be as long as I think it will be. But it never is. Hey, let's do let's do some reflections as a podcast while we're still live. We uh we spent 22 minutes on Summer Suns news in a week where the takeaway was there really was no Summer Suns news. I thought Tory Craig's son's birthday party was an interesting <laughs> tidbit. It all comes full circle, baby. But next time, next time we're here, next time we're here, we will be able to say in the immortal words of Dale from Step Brothers, something's happening. <laughs> Listen, I want to wrap this up by thanking anyone who stuck around with us and listened to this whole episode. I'm going to go ahead and throw out maybe not a maybe not a challenge, just a request. I think if there was ever an episode where people probably disagreed with some opinions and some takes, it is probably this one. So, I want to say to those that are listening, if you have a take, if you question what we said if there's anything you want us to know tweet at us at the valley phx we will reply we will show you some love we do not ignore those that we reach out we appreciate you we want to hear who was right who was wrong uh you've probably never heard this phrase before but here at into the valley we embrace debate y'all ever heard that no probably not definitely not been tied to an espn show for a long time anyway Reach out at the Valley PHX. This has been a whole lot of fun, gentlemen. As always, is there anything you would like to say before we bring it to a close? No. Man, that hurts. Love you so much. Oh, well, there we go. Especially you, Mark Russell. I think you've been in here the whole show tonight. Shout out to you. Thanks, Phillips, we Dad. Love we love you so much. Also, Enjoy. Josh, I saw your go abs go. Go Bolts. That said, who okay. cares? It has been fun for those listening. Thank you. Thank you to the bright side folks. For Philip and Ryan, I am Ethan Shutt. This is Into the Valley Phoenix Podcast. We out.